0: We are about uh, two week, a little less than two weeks to Pesach, so I thought it would be interesting to talk again about Pesach, uh, because Pesach really, in many ways, is one of the, obviously, the fundamental Yom Tovim of Judaism, uh, especially in terms of the Geula, the redemption. So I thought I would speak about some of the major ideas of Pesach, and um, give you a heads up in that sense in terms of what is it all about. You know, what it's really all about. <clears throat> I had once mentioned something which is basically the formula to understand every yumtuf You see, <clears throat> we think that if there's a historical event, and therefore that is justified in enough cause to create what's called a holiday, a Yom Tov. But the truth is there's something else which goes on which reflects the actual premius of every single Yom Tov. What is important to understand is that there are two dimensions here. One is the dimension called the physical world, which we are obviously part of. But there's a second dimension called the spiritual domain. Because of that, because of a spiritual domain, there is a necessity for the Jewish people to accomplish certain spiritual goals, spiritual necessities. This is what they have to accomplish. And as a result of that, The fact that they have these necessities creates a physical situation that they are requested or expected to sustain or in some way to achieve. And that will satisfy the spiritual domain, the the spiritual necessities. That's really what goes on. So therefore, what is obviously critical is to identify the spiritual necessity that is part of the divine agenda. And what, what the Jews do basically is they try to address that spiritual uh, necessity. Therefore, every historical event that ultimately underlies every holiday is called a primary Tikkun event. Uh, what does that mean? It means it is the event, the primary one, that is supposed to introduce the wherewithal to address a spiritual necessity, clients will is thrown into that event, and they are expected to overcome whatever difficulties and tests are entailed, and as a result of that, the spiritual necessity is achieved. If they don't do that, then what happens is, is this called as a secondary Tikkun event. Uh, in other words, if they haven't accomplished it on the first time, which was the historical event itself, then what happens is, is that they still have to solve the spiritual necessity, except it's not, except it's not, um, uh, it's not done by the original tikkun event. Instead, what it is done is a secondary event, uh, which basically are the halachas. That's why both the original event, the primary Tikkun event, which is the actual historical event, and the secondary Tikkun event, which are the halochas, both of them really reflect what is the spiritual necessity, how does one achieve the accomplishment of the spiritual necessity, you see, and what are the results of that. That's really what happens, you see. And this is true of every single spiritual event, every single physical event. And of course it's true of Pesach. So therefore going down to a specific Pesach itself was a event, a historical event that the Jews were thrust into in order to achieve a specific spiritual necessity. Uh, they tried and to a great extent they succeeded. However there was something that disrupted the achievement itself, which we will see, which necessitated, therefore, that they now have to engage, not in the, in the original historical event, because that obviously disappears, but what they now have to engage in is what's called uh, halochus that will, take, that, that will replace the ability to fulfill the spiritual event, not through a historical event, but rather through the halochus. And therefore, that gives us an understanding of every single halacha. That's what's really the formula for understanding what is going on. And it's true of all the Yom Tevin. It is certainly true of you know, Pesach and Shavuos. It is true of Sukkot, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, and so on. Uh, so that's really what the approach has to be to any specific Yom Tov. You have to ask, what exactly is the spiritual necessity that the Jews have to accomplish? They've got to take care of. How does this event do it? And if they did not succeed, then what is the meaning of the halochas in terms of achieving the same spiritual necessities? However, you know, it's a secondary process. That's really how you have to understand every single yamdiv. So, we are now talking about Pesach. So the real question is, well, how does Pesach do it? What was the original event? So the answer to that is, remember, is that it has to address and fulfill the achievement of, or satisfy a necessary spiritual task. But in order order to understand spiritual tasks, then you have to go back, obviously, to Adam Harishan. Because a great deal of what was required, spiritually, began with him, and in a certain sense, because he failed, in a certain sense, continues long after him, by people that have replaced him, in terms of now doing the rectification of the Bria. It's really the whole that's really how you understand basically the Hashkoffah of every single holiday. That's the formula. The question, of course, is what is it? Uh, so let's go back to Adam Rishon. And we find that Adam Rishon, of course, had a test. Should he or should he not eat from the tree? Of course, you have a a snake that is trying to encourage him and influence <coughs> him. First to Chava and then she to him to eat from the tree, even though the Varshim commanded, obviously, not to do that. Oh, So, what Adam Marishan did, of course, is he did eat from the tree. You see. Now, what was the real test of Adam? The test isn't so much eating or not eating, it's what is the belief behind eating or not eating that is really the test of Odom Rishon, because the snake as Rashi brings down presented a certain argument to Chava and then she presented it to Odom and what she told him is that you know why did the Rabbanu Loram tell you not to eat from the tree and the answer is which is what he told Odom the answer is and remember he's the mouthpiece of the Satan and he told Odom he said look you know the Bershom told you not to eat from the tree, not because it's some type of, you know, a correct behavior. It's really for his own self-interest. Because the Bosham himself got his powers to create worlds from eating from that tree. You know, and that's how he did it. So in essence, what the Nochash was telling, the snake was telling Odom, is that the tree is the real, ultimate power source of God. And what that means, because and therefore that you shouldn't eat, and what that means is the concept called Yeshay Mervadoi. What the Morsham wanted Adam to understand is that nothing exists besides God, and everything emanates from him. So therefore the tree also emanates from him, because the truth is that Einoid Mervadoi. That besides God, there is nothing else. And this whole thing is really a setup. It's a test. But what the Nochash told, uh, you know, uh, Chavon then to Odom, is that that's not true. There's a Ibn m'vadoi. The tree exists independent of God, and more so, that God gains his powers, the ability to create, which obviously is divine. He got it from the tree. So it's not only that there is no eno'i Mavadoi. Besides God, there is nothing else. There is something which is superior to God, Adraba, on the contrary, you see. And therefore, of course, you could eat from the tree because God doesn't want any rivals. This is what he told Odom. So, as a result of that, Odom, of course, had to think about that and come to the conclusion, in whatever manner, that the whole thing really is false, that the truth is Enoid Mavadoi. The tree is nothing more than a test to see if I will understand that. What did Adam do? He ate from the tree under the false assumption that he would be like God, which is, yesh oid muvadoi, I will exist independent of God. This is what Adam basically did. Therefore, what he did essentially after that, the consequences were, is that he created a yesh oid muvadoi, He created a Sutton, you see. What does that mean? That until then, the Sutton had no power of man. He couldn't influence him physically, but he could only talk to him and try to convince him. After this, what happened was, is that the Sutton grew much stronger. He grew to a tremendous power, and as a result of that, his power enables him to control the human body the physical body, where he can now give a person thoughts and drives in terms of, uh, in terms of uh, asserting himself. The power structure that the Sutton now has is called zoyamo, pollution, contamination. In other words, the Sutton is connected to the physical world What he did was, Adam, before he fell, Adam was really part of the spiritual world, in what's called Olim Yitzira. But what happened is that once Adam ate from the tree, he now became physical, which now means that since the Satan is connected to the physical world, the Satan now has power over him. Because what happened is, is that Adam, who is now physical, is now subjected to a force that can control the physical world. The way the Satan controls the physical world is through some type of a projection of power, of force, called Zoyama. And therefore, Adam is now ruled by the Zoyama. And the concept of the Satan of course, Zoyama, is to destroy, is decomposition. So therefore, ultimately it means that Adam would die, he would be ultimately decompose, and he would die as a result of that. Uh, so therefore, we now begin to understand, you know, that man now becomes subject to a projection of force by the satan. He now becomes part of the physical world. Now, before this, what was the job of Adam? The job of Adam before this was to basically bring down kedusha. In other words, to understand that God is the only thing that really exists, and that would bring God back into the creation, where the would manifest himself, which means to bring down Kedusha, to bring the presence of God back into the world from which God, in a certain sense, absented himself. That was his job. However, by listening to the Satan, and believing that there are other power sources besides God, Odom now had a second job. His job now was to eradicate evil, to remove it. You know, because remember, the concept of evil is really a concept that there are many beings besides God. Many beings besides God. And therefore, Odom would now have to remove that type of evil And then he could bring the presence of God back. So in a certain sense, (coughs) the satan with his zoyama is a blockage. It blocks the ability in many ways of the Rabban Hashem to re-enter creation because there is a force that opposes it. And that force is called the zoyama of the satan. You see. Now the way the satan exists is because he too has to nourish from Kiddusha. All things need Kiddusha in order to sustain themselves, including the satan. So therefore, until now, the satan would be able to sustain himself independent of man. But since the job of Adam Harisha now became to destroy the satan, so what the Barasham did is he connected the ability of the satan to exist, he connected it to man. So if a person does the will of God, then the kedusha, the power source, the light of the sphere, so to speak, enables a person to exist, and he flourishes. If, however, he goes against the will of God, and therefore as a result of that, um, he sins, which is going against the will of God, then it is the that that is able to take the power that God uses to sustain man and take it for himself. So now basically, as I once said, it's a contest where who will exist? It all depends on who takes the kedusha, the holiness, that power, that spiritual energy that comes down. If man takes it, then he flourishes. If the satan takes it, then the satan flourishes. And man begins to weaken. And if the satan takes all of it because man, all men sin, then of course mankind will cease to exist. If the reverse happens, where mankind does the will of God, then it is the satan that would seek to cease to exist. Now this power source, in terms of what is present in this world, is called Sparks of Holiness. Ni <inaudible> Tsoi sparks of holiness now obviously when Odom sinned those sparks of holiness now went to the Satan or a great deal of it so therefore that empowered the Satan to exist and to maintain a tremendous amount of strength as a result of the sin of Odom so obviously therefore the job is of Odom to destroy the Satan so what he would have to do is to access that power source and remove it from the sutton. And as a result of that, the sutton would therefore collapse, weaken, collapse, and ultimately die. So, therefore, we begin to understand that the first job of man basically is to destroy the sutton. And the way he does that is by removing these sparks of holiness from the side of the sutton. And as a result of that, the sutton begins to weaken and ultimately collapse you see so the first job is where he weakens or he takes back the Kiddusha which is the power source of the Satan. that's the first spiritual necessity the second thing is that what happens is is that the projected energy of the satan in whereby he c- controls mankind right that Zoyama that the Zoyama collapses because if the Satan collapses so does the Zoyama, you see. And then what's interesting is that the very thing which the person takes back, which are the sparks of holiness, they themselves destroy the Satan. So in a certain sense, you have a threefold process. You need to take back the divine energy, one. The second thing is to destroy the connection between the Satan and man, which is the Zoyama, that contamination that energy, and then the third thing is where the energy itself that he took back actually destroys the sun You see, Why does yeah. it
1: have to be active? The very. Why what, what? If you take bread away from a starving person, meaning mean, if you if you take the nutrition away from us if you extract the nutrition from a starving person or from a person, he starts to starve. Yeah. You don't need to do it something active to kill him. Meaning. You're saying that the, the, the Toto-Sara's power are the way or he exists.
0: Well, you take back those sparks.
1: So you take back the sparks. The sparks themselves don't need to do anything. So it's like you're well, taking a battery out of, you, out of a, an appliance. So the thing can't work. But you don't need to like hit the appliance with the battery.
0: No, but they, that's true. But the origin of that energy still exists. <clears throat> In other words, even if you disempower, but he still exists. So that, now the the Kedusha itself will destroy... How does
1: he exist if you remove his power source? Well, because you
0: don't remove it to the extent where he ceases to exist. Are you see? The
1: two sets
0: of, uh, In other you know, words, you can remove a certain amount, you know? But you won't remove it to the extent where he doesn't exist. You see? And uh, and therefore, what I'm trying to say is that the, the power source itself now goes against the, Sutton.
1: Think, but the point is, you don't remove it completely. Yeah. Are
0: those the, um, the, the spheros, two sets, like the, the spheres of... No, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to show how this formula, basically, is really what happens in Pesach, you see, okay? Now, so, therefore, mankind has a problem. They have to remove the energy of the Sutton, or the blockage that the Sutton provides. That's basically what they have to do, and the way they do that is by taking away that holiness or that sparks of holiness that the Satan uses to empower himself. You see, so that and then they could bring down the rest of the kedusha, and the kedusha itself will therefore dismember the entire opposite side of uh, of, of holiness. The whole concept, the whole empire of evil, if you want to call it that, you know so this is basically these the, this situation that Odom created is really what created the spiritual necessities. He, his necessity was to bring Kidusha back, but he created the existence of evil by buying into the evils uh, the uh, argument of evil, which is the sudden so therefore. His, uh, his um, um, requirement now is to undo that which he did. That becomes a very important spiritual necessity, you see. And then to bring down the rest of the Kedusha. And I had once mentioned, and that provides what's called the Zikoch, that changes the entire physical world, you see. So first you have to get rid of the poison, and then you can cure the body. You know, it's not enough. You can't cure a body if there's poison circulating in it. So that's basically what it is. You got to get rid of the poison, which he created by listening to the satan. And then you can begin to cure the body itself. That's how it works. And therefore that creates a tremendous spiritual necessity of, uh, of um, removing the satan, taking back the kedusha. Now, the way it's done, basically, is that a person has to be in an environment of evil and withstand the evil temptations. And as a result of that, evil weakens. So that's a very important idea to uh, be involved in a place that has tremendous amount of evil, to withstand that, remain righteous, and that weakens the entire side. And it forces the evil side to give up a great deal of its energy. Uh, another way that you can take back the energy is by suffering under the evil itself. Because suffering itself will force the side of evil, the sultan, to give back its energy. So you have one of those two ways. But ultimately what it means is that this is the way to do it. Now the... the, the uh, the concept of the Zoyama itself really has what's called four manifestations. There are different levels of evil, you know, in terms of what a satan can create. One level of evil, uh, you you find the original terminology in the Torah, where it says, Toyu uh, uh, means uh, emptiness, you know, or actually, uh, yeah, uh, and a um, toya means a mixture. Voim is emptiness. Choyshech is darkness. And tohoim, of course, is the, uh, the, uh, the, the deep. See, those four terms really refer to the climate of evil that can be created by each level of, of uh, the sudden zoyama. Uh, uh, one is called the concept of, I mentioned, toyu. What toyu does is, is an environment where there's a tremendous confusion of good and evil together. And therefore, a person really doesn't know, in a certain sense, well, you know, wh- wh- what's good and what's evil. There's so many things that look like it's good, but in many ways, it could be very evil, and so on. So a climate in which there is a, a revuvia, A a mixture of both good and evil is uh, the first level uh, that can be created as a result of the dominance of the Satan. The second level is called Voyu, which means emptiness. And that is basically where the environment really doesn't have any good. It's just a certain amount of evil exists in that environment. And that is the concept of A third environment is where not only does does good really not exist, but evil has an entire justification. Mm. It has an entire uh, uh, structure that looks like it's legitimate. So it's not just that there's no good there. Evil itself is now justified. It has an entire rationale why it is correct. And the fourth level of evil is where that third level is pervasive. It's all over. not just one place. It's in many, many different places. Those are the different environments that can be created as a result of the strengthening of the satan and what he could do in terms of the physical world, you see. Therefore, the Zoyama can be represented uh, in many ways, by many nations and the truth is that there are four nations each one that represents one level or environment of evil in that sense you know you have Babylon now Babylon was a place where you had they worshiped deities so that's good not that it's deities but they, they, they believed in a spiritual universe but the problem there was is that that universe contained Avedah Zarah was filled with idolatry, so that that's Babylon, that represents that first that level of evil. A second uh, uh, country is Paras, Persia, and Persia basically was tremendously into the physical, very much physical. Even what was that? The, party. the big party, yeah, that's right. Uh, and uh, it's just a place basically devoid of spirituality. Basically, what it has is a tremendous amount of you know, pleasure and physicality. The third country <clears throat> that represents the third level of evil is Greece. Why? Because Greece believed in an alternative to a spiritual universe. You know, they, uh, Greece, of course, is the beginnings of science and philosophy. Those things which espouse a whole uh, structure, an alternative, besides... Spirituality, so that's Greece. Then, of course, Rome basically took Greek science and culture, and they spread it all around the world. You see, so what you have is four different countries <coughs> uh, manifesting the different levels of environments that can be found. This is what we see so far. Can
2: you connect? Yeah, the four countries and the four levels meaning bubble and the mixture of go ahead yeah
0: yeah bubble and the mixture how's that how's that connected oh because you have you have the recognition of the spiritual (coughs) universe but the spiritual universe consists of deities that itself is a madruga you know see avayda is a very strange type of phenomenon you know Because Avayadah Zohar recognizes that there's a spiritual universe, which is important. You know, most people today, in many ways, they don't recognize a spiritual universe at all. It's just all it is, is mankind, and science, and that's it, you know. They're atheists, they don't believe in God, they don't believe in anything spiritual. So somebody who worships idols and so on, believes in a higher force, spiritual, you see. The problem is, is that there are many different deities. Gods that they worship. So, in a certain sense, you have good and bad coming together. You see. Um, so that was Babylon. Babylon had a lot of deities, who idol worship, and so on. You know. <coughs> Any case. So, therefore, these are environments that are created when the sultan is empowered um, to uh, energize and magnify evil in the world. You see. So, what we begin to see, like I said, is that there are basically two spiritual necessities. One is to deal with the Zoyama, right? And the way you do that is by removing the Kedusha, the sparks of holiness, you know, from uh, a, a nation, let's say, that, that has this, you know, to remove that. And the second thing is that the righteousness itself brings back the Raman into the Bria, you see. So those are really, when you think about it, the two major spiritual necessities. One is called Kfiya Hora, Tachas Kedusha, where you subjugate evil under holiness, where you neutralize it. And then the second thing is Ispashas Kedusha, is where you spread the whole concept of holiness that's the and bring it down and those are really the two actions two stages that really have to be done and of course from that we have mashiach ben yosef and he is responsible for stage one which means to deal with the satan you have that then you have mashiach ben david who deals with the Kedusha, who brings back the rabbana and that's really why you have two mashiachs messiahs in any case, now, once the, the world continued after Adam or Yishim, so you have these two forces, or two stages, that have to be. And therefore, you had many people dealing with one or the other. Until ultimately, I'm skipping a lot of uh, time, but you have ultimately Yaakov and Esav. Yaakov is a patriarch that has to deal with Kedusha. So his job is to sit and learn, Yeshiva Holam, And Esau, who's also a patriarch, before he sinned, and just the whole thing collapsed, he was an individual that had to go into the field, Ishzadeh, the man of the field, and remain righteous, and collapse the Zoyama. So you find these two jobs really existing uh, and uh, throughout the, the whole history of the Chumash, you see. Um, now, therefore... When the banshim appeared to Avram Avinu, Avram Avinu, and he said, "You know, I will now give you or allow you to remain with the power of tikum, which means that your acts, whether it be thinking, speaking, or doing, has the ability to bring me back into the bria, to bring me back." But what the banshim told him is, "But first, your children have to destroy the zayama. How?" Because they will be strangers in a land that they do not know for four hundred years, thirty or <coughs> thirty years, whatever you, see, you know. And their job is to remain righteous, to remain gerim. Travelers, you see. And as a result of that, they will be able to extract all the kedusha, whatever holiness the sultan has acquired. They will be able to take that out of that country. And destroy that country. You see, because that country, whatever it was destined to be, which ultimately meant, of course, it was Egypt, that country will collapse, uh, and the Jews will have taken out the Kedusha of that land, because of what the satan has acquired, because of the sins of mankind. And as a result of that, uh, they will then be able to destroy the satan, and the Mashiach will be very imminent. That's what the Bani said to Avraham That your children will have to go to a land, not because of their own sins, because since I'm making a new agreement with you to continue the Tikkun process, okay, therefore your children have to remove all the strength of the Satan that he has gotten for the 2,000 years that mankind uh, sinned, and therefore... Uh, Avram and his descendants they now have to take out the task to destroy the Zoyama of the Sultan and as a result of that then they can bring the redemption therefore the Jews wound up in Egypt the problem is of course is that they assimilated almost and because of that they were not able to do it only through not remaining righteous because they were not remaining righteous they were going to only do it not through that but they can only then do it through suffering. So therefore, in the beginning, they remained Jews, righteous. And as time went on, they assimilated and so on. And, um, and as a result of that, mm-hmm. the necessity to remove, to destroy the Zoyama, had to be done only through suffering. And ultimately, that is what happened, you see. Any questions so far? Yes.
1: The Rabbi told me, yeah. I think last year I'm trying to understand. of yeah. the sudden there's there's two there's two types of condush that Shem provides an entity. There's there is there is the status quo meaning the mere existence yes. and and power and energy and the ability to act and grow. One is to increase
0: to increase that energy.
1: <coughs> One comes from the spheros vigogulum The igulum. The igulum. Yeah. Sound. So, so the Nitzotis that, that that we don't take from the sun are the Igulum?
0: No. From the uh, the sphere the Yosha.
1: Oh, the the so which is which?
0: The Igulum sustains. Right. The Yosha provides the quality.
1: Right. So we take And we can the
0: increase the Yosha.
1: So we take we take away the Yosha from him.
0: Yeah, correct.
1: And he's left with the Igulum. We cannot take those. Until uh, the Nitsothos come back and attack that
0: if you take away all the Yosher from him then the gulm will also disappear
1: so it's all or nothing yeah you either have both or not so we have to be left with the residue of Yosha too
0: yeah you have to have some Yosher
1: my question was yeah is, is there anything meaning
2: the <coughs> <coughs> so what? Hashem has yeah so it says is 190 reduced The shibud to 210 years of more intense shibud. Yes. But the way you're explaining it right now, it seems to be more that the 190 years they were doing their job, removing the intezos by withstanding the missionos, and as they started assimilating, then they started. Then they needed to go into shibud. Yes. So did anything really like? Did anything really become more intense? I mean, did did Hashem have to reduce those 400 years into 210? Into 210 years?
0: Or well, there's only a certain amount of Sheba he can give them, but even that wasn't an, enough to reduce 400 years, you know.
2: You mean Hashem had to reduce the 400 years, or were they doing their part for the half, for the first They were time doing
0: years? whatever they could, you know, but it wasn't sufficient. There was still 190 years left, which they hadn't reduced, you know, and... Uh, um, Look, in the end, the last year was the worst. So it's almost like he squeezed 190 years of his suffering into those last year. You know, when he sent everybody all around Egypt to get straw. That was impossible. You know, imagine they couldn't sleep.
2: Is there a connection to the 400 years of suffering and the 2,000 years of Averis they we're trying to... Now? No, the first 2,000 years.
0: Oh um when they were
2: sitting, they, had, they need four hundred years to, remo- to, to remove to the two thousand, so, yeah. Is there a connection to the I
0: mean the it's like, twi- it's like uh, um, It would take twenty percent of the two thousand years to remove that two thousand. Yeah. I mean uh there probably is, you know. Just haven't looked into it, you know, in yeah. that sense, you know. So but reverse. I'm sure there's some type of ratio here. Reverse SG. Reverse SG. Yeah. That's right. Self versus God. That's the sheer about, the, what does God want for man? Oh, yeah. SG. Yeah. So really, in the end, that's what uh, was going on with Avram Vino, you know. Since he took over the whole process of Tikkun, therefore he would have to undo all the accumulation that the sultan had gotten, all the Kedusha, what's called the sparks of holiness that he's gotten, and the Jews would have to remove that. But they would be able to remove it by going into the nation that was what's called the Behor, the firstborn of the sultan, And that at that time would be Egypt. Could have been some other country, but it happened to be Egypt. And therefore, they would have to go down to Egypt, and either uh, observe the mitzvahs by remaining a gear, and if not, then it would be va'vodim. They would have to serve the Egyptians, and then ve'inoy some, That's really persecutions and so on. Uh, and uh, in other words, the reason why they went to Egypt has nothing to do with them. not they, they didn't sin, and therefore required that type of cleansing. It was that? That was because that was the mission that the Bersham gave Avram Avinu as a result of the Brisbane Absarum, the covenant between the pieces and so on, you know. Anyway, so this is given to Avram, and it manifests itself ultimately in Yaakov and Esav uh, and then Yosef and so on. And finally we get to Egypt where they actually had accomplished that. And that's when we, that's the event of the Sneh, the burning bush, where the Bersham said to Moshe Abenu, take the staff in your hand, throw it down, becomes a snake. Because the staff represents the power of God, the Kiddushah. And therefore, he throws it down and there's a snake. Because the snake also exists because of the power of God. You see? Then he tells Moshe Rabbeinu, pick it up, and the snake becomes a staff, which means that the snake doesn't have enough power to exist. It can be destroyed. You see? And therefore the snake turns back into the staff because there is no snake. Because the Jews have removed the Netzeri Kidusha. It's interesting, you know. And that's why, you know, it says when, when the Rosham said to Avraham Avinu they will be strangers in the land and for 400 years, whatever. Uh, and afterwards, they will go out with uh, great possessions. Which is what they did. But uh, spiritually or Kabbalistically, I once mentioned, the gematria of V'yetzir Ruchosh Gadol is gematria Nitzitzei Kedusha. It's actually the gematria of that. And we know what the Nitzitzei Kedusha basically is. Ruchosh Gadol, the gematria, if I remember correctly. Ruchosh Gadol, the gematria is Om Mashiach. That's the Ruchosh Gadol. That's really what it is. What they have to take out is the ability of the sun to block, the original light of creation, which is the messianic light. So the gemati of Baruch Hashgadal is gemati of Mashiach, you know, and so on, you know. And therefore, that's, the Baruch is alluding that uh, to Avraham Avinu. So, Moshe Rabbeinu now picks up the staff, and it is now a staff instead of a snake, and the Rosham is telling him that you now can destroy Egypt.
2: The snake was the terror.
0: Yeah, snake represents Yetzer. That's right. Yeah. Um, so basically, if Moshe Rabbeinu, of course, comes back to Parah and he says, you know, let my people go, and so on and so forth, you know, and um, uh, power of course, is completely unaware of this entire spiritual formula, <coughs> and of course, power disagrees. He resists and so on, you know, and Moshe Rabbeinu begins the process of destroying Egypt because really the Sultan is basically almost destroyed. So therefore he can now destroy Egypt, you see. Now, he does so, does it with the, the Makkas. And the Makkas really uh, is, uh, you know, there, there are four tens and they're really identical. One is an expression of the other. The first set of ten is called the Asura Mahmaras, that the Bansham created the world with ten sayings, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the Asura Mamaris. But the Asura Mamaris are really the ten spheres. Those are the ten emanations, forces that create all reality. So that's what the Mamaris are. The ten Mamaris are really the ten spheres. And what happened was, is they themselves, the spheres themselves, now assumed a physical analog. And that's the Makis. That's the Essa Makis. <coughs> and in reward for the Jews, because they had taken out that Kedusha, those sparks of holiness from Egypt, the reward is they got the Ten Commandments, the, Esa, the You See? So there are three sets of ten. And you actually can line them up. You know, I once did that a long time ago, and so on, you know? Uh, where you have the Ten Mamaras, the Ten Spheres, the Ten Makas, and the Ten Aserisadebras which is interesting, you know, because each one really is a manifestation of the other. So therefore it comes out that what destroyed Egypt is the Kiddusha. And by the way, that's why the Mateh had the Esimachus on it. You know, the staff has the Esimachus. So the question is, Dam Tzvadeh, you know, Kenem and so on, you know. The question is, why would that be? And the idea to that is because really, the staff represents the power of God, the spheres in that sense, right? And the ten marches are really the spheres in terms of their physical analog.
3: But why did that need a physical manifestation, the uh, power of a Kurdish Hu, the, the staff? Well,
0: well, well that, the staff. that's what would actually destroy uh, the Egyptians, which it did. It destroyed Egypt.
3: No, it's
0: the spheres that destroy. Moshe is only a man. In other words, the very Kedusha holiness, those sparks, that the Egyptians used for evil, right, went against them to destroy them. The very thing that they possessed using it for evil is, it's like a meter connected meter, measure for measure, is ultimately what killed them, destroyed them, through their physical analogs.
1: So you're telling
0: that the, yeah. the Netzotzus are basically all grouped into one of the ten. Yeah, stars? yeah, yeah. There's a so lot of some, some from there. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of uh, Kabbalistic works on this, you know, um, the the uh, and the spheres and so on. You know, that leads into a whole different area of, you know, what happened Kabbalistically in Mitzrayim and Egypt and so on. But uh, basically, it uh, it involves the spheres that destroyed Egypt and so on, you know. That's really ultimately what destroys the Sultan. You know, it's not like some some other force. It's the Kedusha that they themselves used in the service of evil that turns against them. Because there's only one power source and it's all Kedusha. That itself destroyed them. It's, called, it's what's called true justice, you know. But in any case... <clears throat> So that's really what Moshe Rabbeinu did. What what is interesting is the when Moshe Rabbeinu first went to Egypt, uh, uh, and he said, "You know, you you, you don't realize power, but you have no you have no force left. You have no power. It's over for you." You know. So what they thought, what the Egyptians thought, what the Egyptians thought is that, wait a minute, it's true. You know, but the power source of Moshe, right, is is magic. It just he's a better magician. But they realized by keenum they realized by kenum because the idea is that the kish of magic cannot have control over something that is smaller than a lice, you know, kenum fleas, whatever, you know. So they, when they realized that Moshe Rabbeinu could bring fleas all through Egypt, they realized that it's this is not magic, this is the ultimate power source of magic itself, you see. But in any case, uh, that's what happened. And ultimately, and of course, Moshe Rabbeinu, you know, the last marker Marcus Becheris, of course, destroyed everything. Now, what happened was Kriya Samtsov, which is interesting, the splitting of the Red Sea, really, if you think about it, is really an undoing of the Mabal. What the Mabal was, the flood that killed everybody, the Mabal is really a physical analog of Torah, and they were really, at that generation, they were supposed to get the uh, Messianic light after 10 generations, Noyach, which they failed. And therefore, that, or Mashiach, its physical analog is water, you see? And that destroyed them. So to show that the Jews undid that, to show that the Jews undid that, overturned, right, all that Kedusha, all that tumah, the Jews split the tohoim, the, de- the water itself. So by Noach the waters destroyed the world. But over here the Jews went right through the Yamsof, showing that they overthrew the actual marble. That's why if you look in Oz it says tohoimos, plural. The time of Noach and the time also of the kriyas yamsaf. So really that's really what kriyas yamsaf was. That they finally overthrew all the clippers and so on, you know. The entire concept of a marble, which was the uh, the Mashiach destroying the world, now they overthrew it, and therefore they were about to get the It's Mashiach. It get, it's again the Mabu,
2: it's again the Yamsuf destroying the,
0: the Mitzrayim. <coughs> so they were destroyed, yeah. So it's a marble on the Egyptians, whereas the Jews went through it, yeah. So it did, did, did. so in that sense, yes, you know. The main idea is what the Jews had released, which is a very important concept. The Jews had released the Or Mashiach, which is really the Or of the spheres And they did that, of course, by what they did in Egypt. They remained righteous, or they suffered at the hands of the Egyptians. So what they had done, therefore, is destroy the Zoyama. That's really what they did. The only thing that they hadn't done is destroy the Satan, but they destroyed his power, you see. And those 49 days was a removal of 149th of the Tumah until by the time they got to Egypt, or rather Mount turah they had completely vanquished the Zoyama. There was no Zoyama. That's why the Gemara in Shabbos says, Nifzika Zoyama shel that the Zoyama of the Nochosh ceased to have any power. <coughs> Unfortunately, had the Jews not done the sin of the golden calf, then of course the satan would have died. So you would have been eradicated.
3: extraction of the Netutas from their oppressors. Yes. Synonymous with the with the the the, uh, the Spheres. Yes. One and the same.
0: Yes, that's right. That's why, by the way. So in the beginning, I told you VH, and they will go out with great possessions. That he told Avraham Avinu is gematria right, and. In the end, it says, And all the hosts of God left. That's also gematria. Who's all the hosts of God? The Jews and the Sparks. So that's also gematria. It's amazing that both, that actually refer to what the Jews went out with. Both equal the gematria of Nitzay Because that's really what they went out. Which means the rechush gadol is gematria or Mashiach. They went out with the Om Mashiach, you see. And that's why it says by Yosef, and Moshe Abenu Vayikach Moshe's atzmos Yosef, you can read it Vayikach Moshe's Mus Yosef, the essence of Yosef. And that's the Om uh, the Mashiach, of the Mashiach ben Yosef, you see. That's what they removed. And because they were able to remove that, they stood at Har Sinai about to receive it, <coughs> right? What was Har Sinai? What is the Torah that they were going to receive? We know, as I said many times, the Luchas Rishonis was really what they are supposed to receive. That is the Old Mashiach. It's really what it is. So they had released that, and that's the concept of taking Yosef out of Egypt, that even Yosef was removed from the Klipa, or from the tremendous Zema of Egypt. And once they had released that, that's what they were about to receive, mashiach Abenu, you see? So in the end, what we realize is that the real story of Egypt, right, is really a story of dealing with the spiritual necessities. One, you need to deal with the Satan. That spiritual energy is that spiritual force that makes us crazy, that makes us think with somebody, makes us desire the physical universe. This is all satanic. Yet's a horror. That's its other name, you see? What they did is they dealt not with the immediate uh, Muslim movement, so to speak, you know. They dealt with the original spiritual force, which Adam Mauritian had, of course, uh, because of his sin, uh, brought into the existence of the Bria, you see. They actually, what's called, went to the root of the problem. And they did that. They removed the Kedusha, the sparks of holiness, right. And they had collapsed the Zayama. And they were at the verge of destroying the Satan himself, but as a result of the sin of the golden calf, the sultan now restored a certain amount of his Zoyama, energy of the Jews sinning. So therefore, now what we have to do, we need to continue that story. How? What I call the secondary Tikkun event. The secondary Tikkun event is no longer the primary Tikkun event, which is the historical event itself. We now have to continue that work through the halochas, because the halochas mirror Really what happened. If you think about that. We can eat chametz. <clears throat> One of the same major features of Pesach. We cannot eat chametz Because chametz is flour and water. And a leavening agent. Flour is the body. Water is the soul. and The leavening agent is the Satan. The Zayama in the physical person. You see. So we cannot eat that. We have to eat Matzah. Which is really flour and water. Because at the time of Egypt. They had removed the Satanic influence. They were just. Body and soul, flour and water—that's what we have to eat, matzah, because that reflects the real state of a Jew at that time uh, in in Egypt and so on. You know, mora we eat because the, the main way the Jews took out the zoyama is through the concept of mora, which is suffering. That's why we do that. Zman cheresenu, freedom again is not just freedom physically, but free from bondage of Egypt but it's freedom from the satan, which is the real bondage that we have. So that was mancher senu and so on. Uh, so that explains mats and so on. Four cups of evil, or four cups of evil, the four cups of wine, you know, uh, and so on, you know. Because the Jews had removed the four levels of tzama, which I mentioned, There are four levels, you see. And uh, the Kois because if you remember, the task is not just to destroy the satan and the four levels of evil, but the task is also zikuch, to purify the body, physical, into spiritual. And obviously, the one who did that was Elio. That's why he was able to go into heaven with his body, because it had been retransformed, so to speak, without Zoyama. But since we didn't do that, so we don't drink the cup of Elio, we just. You know just say and so on you know and that's for the future in other words that uh, redemption really has never been done and so on you know and so that's why we drink the four cups you see uh and each one even the korban pesach for instance why did they have to bring a korban pesach because what the jews were doing was removing the sparks of holiness you see and but they ne- never had a mitzvah yet as the says, you need to bring the Pesach. And what that will do is the zoyama will remain in you, however, and slowly, uh, you know, leave. But meanwhile, you have to separate the zoyama from the body. So what the Korban Pesach did by doing that mitzvah, it was a mitzvah. So that mitzvah now sort of like took the zoyama in a person and separated or made it or uh, made it removable, you see. That's what the Korban Pesach does. And then the 49 days between Pesach and Shvor actually moved one 49th each day. You see. But the Pesach is what made it removable. You see. And by the way, tumah, tumah is really surface Zoyama. It's really what it is. We have the Zoyama in us. Right? But tumah is, on, the Zoyama is on the surface that can be removed. Inside the body can't. But the uh, the t- tumor can be removed. In other words, the surface of the Zoyama can be removed, which is interesting. And it's removed by, uh, by a mikvah. But what's interesting is that in a mikvah, for instance, if somebody's tummy touched a dead body, then for seven days he cannot remove the tumor. After seven days, it becomes removable, and then he can go to the mikvah. You see? So the Korom Pesach made the tumor, or me- rather made the Zoyama, removable, you see, and then the actual 49 days is what remove the tuma, you see. So what we see therefore, very interestingly enough, is the whole concept that Egypt is a, almost a successful attainment, really, of the, um, of the whole concept of the removal of the Zoyama. The problem is, of course, is that part of the Zoyama returned. So by us doing these mitzvahs, Matzah and Chometz, Nadi and Chometz, senu four kurses, and Moro, and so on, and the removal of the four kurses. And that's why uh, it says the four expressions of redemption. V'ilokachti, v'utzalti, v'itzesi, and v'hevesi, and so on. Each one refers to the removal of one of the environments of evil, you see. So when we do the mitzvahs, especially when it's organized around a seder, because a say is nothing more than organizing all these mitzvahs in one uh, night and so on, you know. Then we actually replicate what the Jews did in Egypt, which is the primary teakin event. We replicate that <coughs> here, and we actually do the same thing. That's why it says, Chaif Kol Odom, you know, every person has to see as if he went out of Egypt, because essentially, we're still in Egypt trying to remove the Zoyama. You see, it's a real, true expression, you see. So by doing the mitzvahs, that's really what happens, you see. So that's the essential idea of the whole Pesach. It was a fundamental attempt, which succeeded by and large, to remove the Zoyama, which Odom had introduced in the Bria. And that's a critical necessity. And we continue the work of what did, did in Egypt by replicating all those mitzvahs and so on, you know. So we're really looking at a, uh, the, the holiday of Pesach, Yom Tov of Pesach, is really a spiritual Yom Tov. You know, it's really what it is. You know, uh, I mean, has the obviously concept of the fact that the Jews left Egypt. That's true, but what really happened is a tremendous spiritual achievement of which we continue today. You know, um, I the I, I I think what's also interesting as a conclusion. You know, the, the, uh, the, the Agoda has 15 different stages. If you remember, Kadesh, urchats, Karpas, and so on, uh, it's interesting to look at those expressions, because in many ways they represent the entire plan of creation. I once uh, took a look at that. Let's take a look. Kadesh, say kiddish. So Kadesh means there's a Kodesh Baruch That's how it starts. There's God. Urchats. So the baruch Hashem washed his hands of the bria. That's called Simson. He separated himself from the bria. Okay, karpas. Chazal say karpas it alludes to adam rishon because it's samach porach. Six hundred thousand people labored, uh, labored, and they represent adam. So karpas, God created man, yachatz. But in, instead of man being Masak in the bria, yachatz, adam rishon sinned. He broke. That's breaking the matzah, you know. So how do you repair that? Magid, right? Magid means what? You have to declare Enoid Muvadoi by doing the mitzvahs. And what will that do? it that will remove, wash the hands, that will remove the Zoyamor. And what will that, uh, we'll do it, yeah. So, and the way to do that is Moitzi Matzah. Either you do it by eating the matzah, which is the mitzvahs, or moro combining two. Or you'll be bound to suffer, and that will remove. What will be the reward? Shulchan or tzofan. You will be zoicha to the hidden set table of goodies, which is ilim uh, habo. And what is the state? What happens there? Borech. You will be blessed. In what way? Because you will be masigdir b'rishlam, and therefore you will say halel. In response to that, And then nirtzah, everything will have been accepted. That's the, so it's cute, 15 different things uh, can also allude to the whole plan of creation. In any case, that's basically what Pesach is. It's a good summary. And we see that Pesach really deals with a fundamental necessity. Man must deal with evil. And he just, in many ways, finds it incredibly difficult to do that, but that has to come before uh, the actually entry of the Shekhinah, of the Divine Presence. Uh, so that's really what uh, Pesach basically is all about. Any questions?
2: Uh, two quick questions. One, Eliyahu, the, uh, the Pesach Eliyahu. Yeah. Eliyahu is also the one who's here
0: Yeah, So yes. That's but right. But it
2: didn't happen. Is that also another, probably another reason why we we put it up there? Because but we don't drink it, don't it because it, cause it never it, happened yet. yet. It didn't happen yet. Yet. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you is about when they came out, they removed all the but then it's still only 49 days. Like, what, <coughs> what is it that they didn't do? That they didn't. Well,
0: like I said, you know, the, the Korban Pesach, Pesach disconnected the Zoyama from the Guth. It now became removable, just like Tumor. It takes time until it becomes removable, you see. Once it was removable, now there was the act of removing it. So, those 49 days when they left Egypt, they removed forty-ninth of the Tumma. So, that, is that, so, when they got to the 50th day, there was no they, there was no Zoyama. N- not in them, anyway.
2: Because I remember you once mentioning that when we do mitzvahs today or when we, when we withstand Ra, yeah, we, we're not actually removing the I mean, All the, all the zikuch, when you're talking about the zikuch, is going to happen at the
0: end. That's right, yeah. Yeah, but that's today. In that day, it would have happened right away. I thought,
1: I thought you, were, you were removing it. You just can't, you can't get the zikch until you're removing from the sun. So the sun is dying. Yeah, but they can't actually take effect.
0: Well, that's that's today. That's today. But in today. those days, they could have removed.
2: But you still need the forty-nine days. I'm just like trying to see it. Like,
0: they would have the two. But they would have had zikoch. I mean, you know, had they not sinned then they would have received the O Mashiach, right? And that would be it. That would be the Messianic era.
2: You know, I'm just trying to make the connection between. the... Yeah, go ahead. At the end of Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim, after Yom so they still need... At the
0: end days. of Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim,
2: they still... Meaning... They, after, had, they had to go through 49 days. They still need 49 days. At to I mean, remove the Zohar, yeah. the Zohar. I'm just wondering if it's the same idea as in our days, when we're doing mitzvahs, but the Zichoch is not happening till later.
0: We, because we have to remove the Zoyamor. We've,
2: ne-
0: we've never... Right? We've never removed the Zoyamor. So... You know what so I'm saying? Example, like, okay. Yeah. This remember, there's two concepts. Remove the Zoyamor. Then you can have Zikoch. You can have retransformation of the physical body into a spiritual. Right. Right? We're still trying to do this. Forget about that. You know. <clears throat> uh, what they did is they successfully removed that spiritual force called Zoyamor or something. <coughs> they did it. You know? So we, we, <clears throat> you know they didn't do Zikuch either, you know, because they never got uh, the yeah. luchas shyness You know they
2: had to they had <coughs> all the incenses HaKadusha first.
0: And uh, and collapse the Zoyama. That's what they but did.
2: Then the Zoyama needed forty-nine days
0: to get to get. Close. Then they had to they had to evict Collected. to uh, the the Zoyama itself. That took forty-nine days. It's we don't really know what they did. Like how did he do it? You know, how does this work? We don't know. But when they stood at Har Sinai before the Chetu they were not normal people. They were not you know, they were not normal people. They had no Zoyamo. What does that mean? We don't know. What does a person look like? There is one way we can understand that. It says that a maidservant saw more at Kriya Samtsev of the, you know, more divine, uh, you know, uh, insight than Yecheskel HaNovi did. But Yecheskel HaNovi is the one who introduced the Maiz HaMekovah, which is Kabola. That means a handmaid. So more Kabola, you know, of, of ore than Yecheskel. But the question is, why, you know? So well, somebody would think, well, because that's the revelation that took place. But the answer really is something else. The answer is because Kriya Selmsov took place seven days after they left Egypt. That means they had removed, right, 149th seven times. So they had removed the tumor that encapsulates a sphera one- One-seventh. One seventh, right? Therefore, if you remove Zoyama, even if it's not all the Zoyama, even if you remove only seven amounts out of forty-nine, you are not normal. You will be Zoycher to see a Giloy which no human has ever seen. That's why they were able to see more than scale. How does a handmaiden, right, see more than scale? Because she had, she had, uh, uh, what do you call it, um, seven times one forty-ninth removed. So she already was not normal. So one of the reasons why we don't get that Orishim is because of the Zoyamah. But she had removed one-seventh of the amount that she had to remove. You know what I mean? So, therefore, she was able to see what (coughs) Yecheskel never saw because she was not normal. She was much greater in terms of Ruchnias than Yecheskel Anavi. It's interesting. You see? So, if you do that today, if we could remove the Zoyamar, you know, we wouldn't even know what we are. We would would then be privy to Giluyim, revelations of God that we cannot even understand. And that's the reason, by the way, Kimola when the Mashiach comes, right? Everybody, you know, the the world will be filled with the knowledge of God, right? But it's two things. They, it will be filled with the knowledge of God because you would have removed the Zoyama, and therefore you could perceive all that knowledge without any effort, because you don't have a blockage. We don't know what the blockage of Zoyama does to us. Kills us. We don't see anything, you see. So if you take that away, you will see more than all the kobolum m- ever saw, just by the mere fact they don't have a block. You see.
1: How does the carbon pesach separate the zayimah?
0: Well, whatever, whatever the intrinsic mitzvah of the carbon pesach is, you know, the consequence of it was able to separate the zayimah. So well, that whatever the halachas of the korban pesach is, yeah. Uh, in, in,
1: well, my well,
0: uh, question is, what's the co-
1: what's the connection between so and there's a kabbalistic
0: well that's already, uh, Yeah, it's the korbanus already what the what's the kabbalistic connection of a korban you know I'm just telling you the consequence of it you see because and now once it was removable like toma, now like, you you can remove it. You know, so something. So what they, in order to remove it, what they needed was a mitzvah, and that would have split. Right. Uh, you see, that's what they need. and that's why there was a carbon pesach. I was
1: asking
0: for the, oh, you're asking for the actual mechanism. I mean, he's, yeah.
2: He's, uh, he wants to say that maybe on the surface you could just say that the, the se
0: the who the sheep the sheep say yeah in Israel yeah
2: in in in, in Egypt yeah. Was was there was there a deity? Was there? Well, uh, Mazar-
0: well that yeah, they that's yeah, that's certainly because that that was so a cool. tremendous thing. They took a tremendous risk because they were actually slaughtering the god. One, of the, the, the ram is a god of Israel, god of Egypt, and so, they're actually so slaughtering so, it. Slaughtering the azara,
2: uh, burning it, is that part of the process? That, it, it, right
0: yes, the process? you could connect it. Yeah, by by slaughtering the ram or the sheep, whatever. Right, uh, what you're doing is you're denying. Their deity and that what what
3: goes back to the SG, yeah.
0: So, by denying their deity, yeah, by denying their deity, what you're really doing is, in a certain sense, that belief or that uh strength, courage to deny their deity automatically removes the deity from you, which is the zoyama, and then you burn it, and then you burn it, yeah, yeah. You could, you could, yeah, this, this is a what's called a rich food for thinking of the symbolism of how one can work with the other but there's no question that that's part of it that you are actually denying their deity and therefore that belief or that mitzvah gives you the spiritual energy to remove the deity within you which is the zayama that's really what it is the, the okay, old, it's a false god
3: yeah the old question is that kosh who tackled the rice of alma right yes so, all the mitzvahs that we have in the Torah have to be traceable to to the Torah that HaKodesh Baruch was mistakel into so, yes but everything we're talking about in, in Mitzrayim was a Tikkun on, on the head of other Mauritians yes but how does it go back to the mistakel HaKodesh Baruch Hu the Bora Alma
0: because the mistakel Beiraisa Bora Alma means that God created the world and all the possible directions Mm-hmm. including Toma, Zoyama, Satan, Chet, all of that is part of the architect's plan. So a car- Not Marish- that he wants. between
3: other Mauritians' tikkun and subsequent tikkun and Mitzrayim. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, it includes all possibilities, the ability to sin or to do mitzvahs, you know, in that original design.
3: And the oppressor, again, where he merges the krechus of the Nitzutus to to Kleiso, to the oppressed, why is that? Because he I mean for whatever reason those Nitsutas went to mitzrayim So how are they lost because he oppresses the yiddin? It's like
0: a, it's Yisurin. a phase. Yeah, yeah, because when somebody suffers well I once explained. Because Yasun itself raises Ainud Muvada in your mind. Because if you're really with somebody you'd remove the Yasun. Like and it's, it's an undoing of pleasure. It.
3: The oppressor loses it because he You mean it's Well,
0: he loses it. He's got to give it up. Yeah, that's right. Sch- because
3: of the schus of Yerem?
0: No, no, no. Be- because the, the, the ability of the Satan... Wh- where, wherein lies his ability to enslave you, so to speak? Din, judgment. He mm-hmm. finds something that you did, a sin, and therefore that automatically makes you obligated to suffer some type of consequence. But if the judgment, but if you suffer, then the judgment is satisfied, right? So he has no claim. If he has no claim, you walk away. You walk away. What, keep, what, what empowers him over you is his claim. Once his claim is dismissed because you have satisfied judgment, then you walk away. He has no power over that. You see, that, the Sutton and Din, ju- justice is his only claim. He has no other claim. He can't just say, hey, I like this guy, you know, I want to hang out there. All to him.
3: these tzitzes that were catapulted out to the, because to he the had no claim. of the world. He had
0: no claim to keep them.
3: But, but originally he had the claim. That's why they were yeah. first.
0: Yeah. Originally, sure. Okay. Thank you very much. Right. You should have a Frey <laughs> And maybe next week there could be a suspicion that uh, this Nisan Big things are going to happen. That's you never know. Look, Benison and the Ligoyal, right? This Nissen is as good as any other. Right? If it's going to happen, let it happen now. It's not better. But I, I, I think that we're, we're going to be facing great times, you know? Because, like I say, what's happening to America is beyond belief, you know?
2: Did we have the same, did we went through the same, did we go, go through the same cycle after, after the Holocaust? and the creation of the, the tele- Israel. the what? meaning after the Holocaust we were about to, to receive Mashiach were, 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 were we like in, the same, in a similar situation? where was the Jewish people in a similar situation to the Jewish people back then after the Holocaust, after suffering through the Holocaust? yeah was the Jewish people in was there no, situation who's? was there enough, did we remove enough Zoyama?
0: there now then in
2: 1948
0: to, to be to be Mashiach? Uh, no, no. We have to remember one thing that the Jews were not suffering because of what their sins were, right? It's a big difference.
2: What you mean by Mitzrayim? By
0: Mitzrayim. Yeah, they, were not, they didn't sin to deserve this. They were doing it because they took on the mission of removing the Zoyama, who created the <laughs> Zoyama Or the mission in the following 2,000 years of history. They created the Zoyama. I mean, or they strengthened the Zoyama, right? The Jews were the p- p- people that were, were chosen to remove it, you know. The Holocaust wasn't that. The Holocaust was suffering that they deserved in that sense. Yeah, it was the, where God was balancing the books. Because the Bershom wants to bring the Mashiach. Meanwhile, there's a lot of debt. There's a lot of debt to pay of their own sins. You see? So it's different. So the Zoyama then was, was what?
1: They meeting them and the history before
0: them. Yeah. There's a big difference between the Holocaust, even though in a certain sense they're very similar, but there's a big difference. The Holocaust here was because of their own sins. The Holocaust there, Egypt, was because of the mission to redeem mankind. Two different operations. You know what I'm saying?
2: So why would we be closer today to...
0: Because here you could balance... Well, because everybody's books have been balanced. You see? So now it's a matter of do they have whatever is required to bring the gula. By them the requirement just to get rid of the zayama. They were not balancing their books. There was nothing that they did. Here, what was balanced to a great extent probably was a uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, Because of the suffering they went through so whatever averis they had to burn some basically, you know, balanced everything and so on. So
2: Percentage-wise, what would you say is today our tachlis in removing the Zayam bringing down Kadusha? Today? Yeah. No way to
0: know. <coughs> the essential avoider today is to hang in. To hang in. <laughs> because there is so many opposing forces to be from. It's just beyond belief. You know, there's first of all, you know, I'm uh, if you look at it, you know, the, there are all the distractions. There's all the tumma out there that anybody <coughs> could just fall into. There's just so much stuff going around. Smartphones and it's like, you know, the, the world is like unbelievable in terms... It's another sadaim. It's a thousand times worse than sadaim. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, uh, it's got... If, if you want to leave religion, you have everything else you can do in this world. Then today... Are there gedolim left? Who's a gadol? Do you see a gadol? You know, in, in, in the old days, in order to become really righteous, you need a model. You need a gadol. And there were, in the olden days, there were many gedolim to look at. You know, today, who you look at? Everybody, you know, <clears throat> so on either side, you don't have the wherewithal to grow in spirituality because you don't have the models. I mean, how many spiritual people you have today? To, you know what I'm saying? Everybody's just struggling to keep in, you know? And then you have all the tumor that's out there, you know? Uh, We we, we are in quicksand, and we are sinking, you know? We don't have anything to grab onto to pull us out, you know? The forces of evil are enormously strengthened, and the forces of of good are incredibly diminished. terribly so you know we don't realize that let me tell you something which is very important you have to understand we are in the end time in the end time the greatest gzir of all which has never happened to us is called the gzir of chishach darkness we live in a period of unbelievable darkness you see not only because of all the attractions of Tumor. But we all, all because of all the denials of Kedusha, which we have. And that, you could enumerate all that, you know. Uh, but what you see, the darkness is so great that three things are happening. Right? One is most people don't know Torah. Two, most people don't learn Torah. You know. And three, what's happening is that Jewish identity is being destroyed. See, in the olden days, they never had that. They had always Jewish identity, even in Egypt. They didn't change their name, their clothing, right, and their language. So they were still Jews. Okay, you know, they were falling and all that, right? Today, 11 million Jews are gone. That means there's no Jewish identity left. It's very different than what was. The Choshech today is the greatest ever known to a Jew. When a Jew loses his identity as a Jew, you see, he no longer, he doesn't even know he's Jewish. Or maybe he heard that his great-grandmother said, by the way, you're Jewish. And he knows nothing more than that. That is the end of his identity, you see. And you have millions of Jews that don't even know they're Jewish. You see, that never happened before. And not only that, then as you get better, there are Jews, most Jews, forget about it, then there are Jews who don't learn a word. They know they're Jews, but they have nothing to do with Torah. They don't learn Torah, or they don't believe in Torah, or whatever. They have Israel. <coughs> what? They have Israel. Yeah. <laughs> then there are Jews that learn, right? They don't know anything. It's incredible going on. You know how many guys who go to yeshiva? Years, and they don't know anything. Very little. From all the years that they went to yeshiva for 15, 20 years, what do they know? What have they mastered? You see? Nothing. Very little. You know? They may have learned a lot. That's true. That's assuming they've learned, right? But the, the objective ultimately is not just to learn. It's to know. The, the, that's the famous Gemara. she You know? Your learning has to be on the level where if somebody asks you anything, you can immediately spit it out. That's called Mastery. How many guys, after spending years in yeshiva, have mastered what they learned? I mean, there are many reasons for that. Yeah, we can sit here for the next five hours and talk about why. But the fact is, most guys don't know anything. They don't remember anything. Even if they learned for 15 years in yeshiva, you see, uh, and so on. So these are nothing more than different levels of darkness.
2: But we're not on the on worst level than Mitzrayim. They
0: were on the 49th level of Tumma. We're not on the 49th <coughs> level of Tumma here. Well, I mean, what was in Egypt? You know, you had the Shvatim. You'd be surprised. You had the Shvatim, you know? Well, we... we, we, we I believe, in a certain sense, we're worse than the 49th level of Tumma. Because there's an ibud of Ju- Judaism. In a certain sense, Judaism is dying. Nobody knows anything. Nobody's learning. And most people are, most Jews are gone altogether. They're, they're skewing what it means.
1: What? Some people are skewing what Judaism means. Yeah, yeah. I
0: they're mean, look at, the re- look at the results of the reform movement, the conservative, the reconstructionists, you know. What is that? It's not Judaism. What is it? You know, they've they've completely abandoned the Torah. Totally, you know. It's a farce. And they know it's a farce, you know. Of course, they're, they're all going crazy now trying to get legitimacy in the state of Israel. But they've destroyed America. They've destroyed five million Jews. Most of the people who started off the reform movement are gone. You know, they observe Christmas. I mean, you, know, they, how, many, you know how many Jews have married S- S- Goyim? 70% is the marriage rate of Goyim. 70%. That's unheard of. It's incredible. And when you marry a, somebody who's a Goy, Guess what? You're not about to observe Judaism. It's over with. On the contrary, many times you're going to uh, you're going to adapt the customs, religious customs of your spouse, and so on. <clears throat> we don't realize the Holocaust. We think the Holocaust ended in 1945. Wrong. The Holocaust never ended. It just changed its form. You see, that the Holocaust is the zero of the end is the choishach. These people don't stand. (coughs) People look at the Holocaust. Well, it happened. That's wrong. They don't realize that the Holocaust is the first expression of the gzera of chishach. You see? It means it is the expression of the decree of absolute spiritual darkness. So the first thing that God did is destroy the Jews physically. Six million of them. You see? And then after that, He subjected them to an incredible rise of civilization. That would mean, right, that they would be distracted by all kinds of tumma, you see, without any real models, and the old models of Judaism are dying. You see, we are really still in the Holocaust. People don't understand. It never ended. It just changed its form. The first form was physical destruction of the Jews. The second form was spiritual destruction of the Jews. And the proof of that is 11 million Jews are gone. And when I mean gone, I mean gone. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm you know, you know Gah means they don't even know they're Jewish. Or if they know, it, it has no meaning to them whatsoever. So for
2: most of Christ, so, you see? Uh,
0: so what I'm trying to say is something very important. The, the decree of the end, which is utter darkness, spiritual darkness, has never ended. It started with the Holocaust. And then it just changed its form into intermarriage, assimilation, unaffiliation, reform, conservative. Just another form of Holocaust. That's all, never ended. That's why I love these Holocaust museums. What they really should make a museum, right, is the Holocaust now. In real time. In real time. No Torah, nobody learns, nobody knows. You know, very few people know. What do you mind, 14 million Jews, right? And most of the Jews have lost their identity. It's gone. And certainly if you've intermarried and so on, you know. They should make a Holocaust museum of 2019. And understand that the Holocaust was the first stage of the Xera of darkness. And now you understand why the Gemara in Sanhedrin says, Many Amaroim said, Ye say, let the Mashiach come. I don't want to see him. What? What do you mean you don't want to see the Mashiach? You know why? Because the greatest suffering that Tzadik has isn't physical persecution. It is a spiritual desert. They cannot sustain a spiritual desert. You know, that's what bothers a tzaddik. Okay, you know, physical pain and all that, right? But the real thing is when it's completely dark, when God is completely absent, that's what they can't stand. And that's, what were they afraid of? The end. The end, like Ramchal says, that ultimately you're in a house and all the windows are painted black. You no know, sunlight. And there's one window that's painted black, but it's open. So light pours in, and then all of a sudden you see the window closing, closing, closing. Remember, that's the only source of light, right? And then it hits almost down to the, what do you call that, the uh, lintel? The, the window sill, right? And it's exactly one nanometer from the end. So there's like one nanometer slit of light. That's how far it will go. And he says, "Add." Almost until the end. Because if it shuts that, the world is destroyed. So what he's saying is that the spiritual revelation is going to be so great that the only thing left is that thin little streak of light. Everything else is dark. That's the Holocaust. You see, people don't understand what's going on, and therefore, to what you ask me, what do you do today? There's only one thing to do. Whatever you do, you've got to keep afloat. It's like a guy in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, 4,000 miles from the nearest island, right? And, he, and he's hanging onto a raft. There's only one thing he's thinking about. You know, is he thinking about, well, when I get home, you know, uh, you know what, what am I going to do for a, a party and where am I going to eat for the restaurant? Okay. The only thing on his mind is, how do I stay afloat? <laughs> that's what that's where we're up to you just have to hang in there no matter what it takes no matter what you have to do you need to hang in and With
1: such an opposition it's impossible a person won't keep falling and even if he gets back up it's
0: yeah well that's why it's a constant struggle to keep up fall keep up fall that's really where we're at our avoid is to remain Jewish that's it not a tzaddik, just Jewish. Oh, forget about it. Sadiq. Tzaddik. I mean, there's, there are some people can't do can do that.
1: Today, if you stay uh, you you
2: you're
0: a right. Exactly, yeah. Tzaddik, we are, I hate to say this, you know, so it's like, we are Tzaddikim. Because we live in a generation worse than Tzaddim. Worse. Yet, in some way, we're still interested in Torah, still has an interest. Not, no, not much, loves. but,
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> she loves. She loves. you know, said, you want, want, to, so much. You want to, to want, yeah, but that is a tremendous sitkus. And now you understand the original Rebbe, the original Rebbe said at the end of time, he wanted to illustrate, once said this, you know, how bad will it be? You know how bad? I'll tell you. Imagine you're on on and Ahara Carmel, right? He's on Ahara Carmel, right? And you're part of that. Thousands and thousands of people. And Elio is saying, you know, they had the uh, worshippers of Baal, they want the lightning to strike their animal. And you got, Elio's got what, right? And all of a sudden, everybody's waiting. And guess what? A lightning bolt comes out of the sky, a clear sky, a lightning bolt, and it goes on Baal. So you're sitting there and so I don't stand this. How in the world did it go on the... Uh, the uh, sacrifice of the Baal worshippers, and not on the on the uh, sacrifice of Eliyahu Novi, right? Uh, that means God is aiding and abetting idol worshippers, and He's completely ignoring and delegitimizing uh, Judaism. That's what you're looking at. All the evil people, right? <coughs> people have, you know, evil dominates, is victorious all things bad bad things dominate and so on and so forth you know and and you wonder whatever happened to to justice whatever happened to good or justice you know you know i mean one of the things you see which is astounding you look at the congress you know you can't believe what these people are doing not only are they anti-semitic you know not only are they communists but what's worse is all the values that america cherished is gone how did they do what they did to Kavanaugh? They destroyed the man. And he had about the best resume in history about becoming a judge. Well, oh, you can't beat his resume. They, they, they tried to destroy the guy. It's an open destruction to murder the guy, you know, him and his reputation and so on. Wait a minute, but this is Congress. These guys are supposed to be, you know, virtuous and so on and represent the United States, right? They have a modicum of justice and so on. What they did is beyond bestial. It's among the one of the worst evils you can do to destroy somebody merely because he was picked to have a job. And they didn't care. Were they embarrassed?
3: They still don't they care.
0: They still don't care.
3: They're still trying.
0: They're still trying. You know, They're they trying. want to go yeah, after Kavanaugh, he's you know?
3: Yeah, He wants to oh. teach a summer course.
0: Who, Kavanaugh? Yes,
3: yeah, so the students there are ganging up against him because, uh, you know, yeah. Even though <clears throat> you know proven until guilty is still war. But, but what did the visioner rather say on that?
0: So he said that's what it's gonna look like in the end of time. Is that the lightning no will go it's like that. Well, it, it's an absolute contradiction to what God says. Yeah. Where he's actually aiding and abetting the, the worshippers of Baal. That's the Nisoyan. That is the test or the climate of the end of time. You see? That's what he says. And he says one more thing that the, the difficulty of the test will be more difficult and therefore the reward greater than the Akedus Yitzchak. Right? <coughs> yeah. That's, which is astounding, that the reward a Jew gets today for remaining Jewish and for believing in any way, right, is greater than the reward that Avram Avinu got for the Akkadis Yitzchak. That's what the Rishnah says. It's astounding. Because you're going to be looking at a climate in which is the exact opposite of terror and the exact opposite of what God says He wants. The exact opposite. I
1: still do the right
0: thing. What was that?
1: As best as possible to do the right thing.
0: Yeah, that's how bad it would be. And it is. Take a look what's happening. You know, like I say, it's, you know, the U.S. government, evil people all over, everybody's into power physical, you know, pleasure. You know, whatever happened to spirituality, it's basically is that, it gone.
1: Is that why I'm hearing that anyway. it's important for a person, even if he does fall, to keep moving forward because, look, this is the time it is. You just The fact that you, <coughs> you, you fell but you keep moving forward, you, that, that is part of it. Meaning, yeah. you're, even though you fell, you're still holding on to the kedusha by, okay, I fell, it was a problem. That's Deal right. with it, But keep holding on
0: Correct. That's where we're at. Did
1: you know, know the
0: Shalini Rebbe? Yeah. Yeah. What was that? He no. Anything? He was lift. Yeah, we know. That's part of the Choshech. You see? He's the last of the really, I mean, many rabbis but he was the old time Rebbe.
2: Right. He survived the Holocaust. Hasn't
0: Everything. And he's a modic. He was a tremendous yeah. oyved. We're not talking just about a Rebbe. We're yeah. talking about an oyved. He worked on himself spiritually, you know, and he's gone.